when we begin in the book of Numbers, Numbers chapter 32. I was thinking, and I was listening to Justin's prayer this morning, of the song, uh, the hymn, Rise Up, O Men of God, Have Done With Lesser Things, Give Heart and Soul and Mind and Strength to Serve the King of Kings. Numbers chapter 32. Moses speaking here, uh, beginning in verse 20. Then Moses said to them, If you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for war, and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel. And this land shall be your possession before the Lord. But if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. And that's the name of the message for today, is your sin will find you out. And it's a message of sobriety and holiness. And... Moses is speaking to some of the Israelites who didn't want to cross over and have their home in the Promised Land. They wanted to have it on the other side of Jordan River. He said, okay, you can do that. God said you can do that, but you have to come over and help the rest of your brothers of Israel to clear out the land of Canaan, and then you can go back. So if you do this, then fine. But if not, he said, your sin will find you out. And this is a message to think about the fear of the Lord. It's not a message of condemnation, but it is a call to repentance. It is a call to walk in the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> David said that God told him that he who is a leader of men must walk in the fear of the Lord. And that's true, but that's for all people. That's for all brothers and sisters in the Lord. We must walk in the fear of God so that we will be like the sun when it rises in the morning. If we do that, we'll be a light to those around us. But it is also a warning that whatever a man sows, he will also reap. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal life. And so it is a warning not to walk in the flesh. <laughs> and he says and you have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out there is consequences for things that we do that are wrong you say well what is sin sin is going against re rebelling or going just going against the word of God refu not doing things his way 
We said we didn't mean to do it that way. But as we've been talking about, it's in us to do our own thing. It's in our us naturally to do what's natural. I had somebody tell me that they weren't sinning for committing immorality. And I'm just doing what's natural. And we talked about this a few, few weeks ago. Yes, that's true. We're doing what's natural. And what we do that's natural, is, it, it tells us everything. Because what's natural is for us to be in rebellion against God. That's why we need a Savior. So we don't walk in the natural way. Just don't do it we, with the natural thing. You know, that's the way the world is, you know. It's like, do, do your own thing. Do what feels good. Do what, you know, do what you feel like. You know, do what you think is right. Every man doing what's right in his own eyes. <clears throat> but it comes back to us. And when you live as long as some of us have, and your hair is white, you begin to look back in your life, and you begin to see it in your life and the life of others, and some severe consequences that people have suffered because of sin. And we go to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Beginning in verse 13. Now there's a message in this even though it's the Old Testament. These things are here, you know, in the New Testament, it's written that these things are written here for our learning. And yes, we're not under the Old Testament law, but there's a message in here that we can relate to even as New Testament Christians, and it's important to to grasp this. Verse 13, And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God, and serve him with all your heart and soul, your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, early rain and latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. And I will send grass in your fields for your cattle, that you may eat and be filled. And take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods. And lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and shut up the rain so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce, and you perish quickly from the good land which the Lord has given you. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and bind them as signs in your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, and you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and you rise up. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them like the days of the heavens above the earth. So before we go on in this passage, you see what God's saying here through Moses. He's saying, if you walk in the way of God, if you walk in his commandments... There's great blessing. What a man sows, he will reap. That doesn't mean there'll be no trouble. Jesus clearly said there'll be trouble for the Christian as well as the non-Christian. In this life, you have tribulation. 
but in our tribulation we will be helped and we will be blessed in God's time if we don't give up. And he also says, and this is a tremendous responsibility to parents, to not be lazy about this, but also not just parents, but all everyone. He says, this is what you should do with the commands of God. And he talks about, put it in front of your eyes. You know, people put it on the walls of their house. They put it on your doorposts. He says, you should talk to your children about that. When you're going, sitting in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, you rise up. That the word of God shall be our meditation. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable unto you, O Lord, said David. And it says that we should be speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. So that's not where I am. Well, you see what God is saying. And there's an answer to all this. It's not just we're on our own. Good luck. It's not the, this is not the message. We're to lay them up in our heart and soul. Bind them as a sign on our hands and before our eyes. He says, If you obey my commands, which I command you today, to love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and soul. And that's really where it's all that's really what this is all about. About our heart and soul. About loving God with our heart and soul. Jesus said this was the greatest commandment. And when Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments, that's why. It's a response of love to a God who loves us, to a Savior who loves us. It was not meant to be a, a giant boulder on our backs. It was not meant to be that. It was meant to be a, it meant to be a guidance to us about how to live our lives in a way that's blessed and that'll be a, a, a way of light and the, and the path of light to our feet and a path for us to walk on. Things that he commands us. In verse 22, For if you carefully keep all these commandments, which I command you to do, to love the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways, and to fall, hold fast to him. So he says it again a second time. To love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, it's a New Testament Christian. We're told to walk in the Spirit and to hold fast to Him. Hold fast to His Word. Then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you, and you will dispossess greater and mighty nations than yourselves. In the book of James it says, Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. God will scatter the enemy before us if we're submitted to Him. If we walk in His ways and if we love Him, if we play around with the flesh, walk in the flesh, then we fall under the influence of the evil one. And he begins to manipulate and control and discredit us and discredit our witness and our walk. And he begins to veer us aside. We think, well, it's just a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And just play with a little bit of fire. 
in the book of James it says, Behold, a little spark, how can how it can cause such a great fire? When I was around 12 years old, I found that out by experience. Uh, myself and my brother and my cousin, we went out back in the woods, and we had this little tiny test tube of gunpowder and magnesium powder, and we lit it, and it flared up a little more and blew up a little more than we expected it to do. And we had ourselves a fire. And I just remember my brother and I and my cousin, we sat there with our coats and we're beating this fire down trying to get out. We finally got it out. We were scared out of our minds. Because, I mean, that fire went up about 20 feet in the air. It was scary. And we, and we could, the only thing we were thinking about is, we're going to burn this whole woods down and the fire company's going to come. And, and my parents and my aunt and uncle, they're going to come out and, and it's going to be like, it's not, it wasn't going to be good. And so we were scared out of our minds. And it was just started by a little match and a little bit of gunpowder and a little bit of magnesium powder. So the test tube that big and a little match. And we almost set the whole woods on fire. And I remember we came back into the house and my, my, my mother smelled smoking us. And she thought we were, she asked if we were smoking cigarettes. Because we smelled like smoke. Then the Lord will drive out all these nations from before you. Verse 25. No man shall be able to stand against you. The Lord your God will put the dread of you and the fear of you upon all the land which you tread, just as he said to you. Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God today, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from which the command which I command you today. Do you see what it's saying here? And this is very important to the Christian who's walking with the Lord. He says, No one will be able to stand before you. He said, The Lord your God will put the dread upon you and the fear upon you and upon all the land which you tread, just as he said to you. If you look at that, back in the book of Genesis, after that whole thing with uh, the city of Shechem, when Levi and Simeon went into the city of Shechem and killed all the, the men in the city of Shechem, they fled from the city of Hebron. Jacob and his family fled from the city of Hebron. And it says nobody pursued him because God put his dread and his fear upon them, upon all the nation, all the, all the people that would have pursued them. And this is important as we walk with the Lord, so that we don't walk in the fear of man. And that we don't be afraid of what man can do to us. Because no one is going to be able to do anything to us unless God allows it. And you see, even with the apostles, like Paul, he said, he said, that we, he said, we have the sentence of death in us. He said, there were so many things they went through, they thought they were going to die. And he said, God delivered us, He is delivering us, and we trust He will deliver us. But we also know that Paul said, he was talking about the time he was near to the point where he was going to be offered up. His time of his, of his appointment was coming, where he was, going to be, he was going to be martyred, he was going to be executed. And history tells us that's what happened. Happened to Peter too. 
But we see also, it didn't happen until God was ready. We see that Peter was in prison. That he had four squads of soldiers guarding his prison, his prison cell. Sixteen soldiers. Plus, he was chained between two soldiers in his prison cell. But it wasn't his time. James, the apostle, had been beheaded by Herod. And this was, Peter had been arrested by Herod and was going to do the same thing, probably. We speculate. That's why he had him in prison. He's going to bring him out, said, after the, after the feast day. But he escaped. And he went on being the apostle Peter until the time he was crucified, as the Lord said he would be. He had an appointment with martyrdom, too. But not until God was... God's time with, with him was done. And God gave it, sent him an angel, sent an angel to release him. And so we should be confident in that too for ourselves and our children and our children's children. That we should not fear what man can do to us and to our posterity. Not living in the fear of man. And he sets before us blessing or cursing. Walking in the flesh, or walking in the spirit. And to take it seriously. So then we go to the book of Joshua. We read here, no one will be able to stand against you, and the Lord will put his dread upon you. And so we see, in the book of Joshua, we won't, we won't read from there, but just a story that happens was when the Israelites with Joshua went into the promised land, the first city that they confront is the city of Jericho. And we know the famous city of Jericho, the walls fall down, and the city of Jericho, that big castled city, that fortress, the Israelites take it. And then there's this little town called Ai. And they don't take it seriously, but they send 3,000 men. They just set a part of their army to go get it and and they're beaten. And 36 soldiers are killed at Ai. And Joshua falls down before the Lord. And, and he begins this, Lord, what are we going to do? You said no one would be able to stand before us. If our enemies hear that, they're going to eat us up. And he's all panicked and everything. And God says to Joshua, get up off your knees. He said, Israel has sinned. And what happened was there was a guy who took of the spoils of Jericho. They were commanded not to take anything from it. It was holy to the Lord. And one guy took it and buried it in his tent. And because of it, Israel couldn't stand. And God said, this is why Israel couldn't stand before his enemies. He said, I won't go with you until you deal with this. And so that is important. If we're not walking right, God is not with us in that. If we're one of God's children, if we are in Christ, but we're walking in rebellion in an area, God is still our Father. He has His finger on what's wrong. And He's confronting it. And He's not going to be with us in that. And He's going to bring things upon us to get our attention if we don't deal with it. And He's going to discipline us as a father does his son. In love. So that we would be partakers of His holiness. Because if we're not walking in a holy life, and we don't listen to His word, and we don't walk in the fear of God, 
and we don't love God with all our heart and soul, He's going to confront us. He's going to bring things into our life to change us. And so, well, what things does a Christian confronted with? Well, we know the stuff that it says, the, the sins of the flesh. You know? An unloving spirit. Immorality. Adultery. Dishonesty. All kinds of corrupt things. Outburst of anger. Bad temper. Uh-oh. You know? Unkindness. Pride. Evil desires of all kinds. Greed. And love of money. Selfishness. All kinds of walking in the flesh. And so, when, when we come to the New Testament in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus begins to talk about, in the New Testament, he said, you heard of old, it says, hey, you should not murder, but if you hate your brother without a reason, you've already killed, you've already committed murder. You hate your brother without a cause, you've already committed murder. You hate him in your heart. He turns it inward. The sins of the heart. We read a few weeks ago where Jesus talked about it's not what comes out of a person that defiles him. It's not what he acts out. It's what's inside. And it comes out from inside of him. It comes out of his mouth and he acts it out in his body. And so it begins inside. And the Christian, God begins to point to the way they live and calls us to repentance when we become a Christian. But after we gives us begins to give us control on the things on the outside, so we stop being a drunkard and we stop doing immoral things and we stop on the outside, then he begins to turn the, the light on the inside, on the darkness within. So, ah, oh, i got to control the way I think. And my attitudes, and if someone's being nasty to me, I can't hate him inside. And that's the work of the Spirit. That's why we need Christ. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be born of the Spirit. That's why we need to become a new person. That's why we need a revival in our hearts and a new life in our hearts. Because that's not, what's, that's not what we do naturally. If someone steps us, steps on our foot and punches us on the nose, we're told to love them in return? That's not natural. We need a, a supernatural happening on the inside of us. A new life. So we don't just do it natural. And when he gives us that, then we submit to that spirit. Because as a Christian, we all have found out we have a decision to make. To put to death the deeds of the flesh, or to walk in them. To be spiritually minded or carnally minded. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh in its affections and its desires. And that's why Paul says, I die daily, because it is a daily, it is a daily confrontation with our human nature. To put it to death. And some days we can say, yeah, I failed at that. Yes, I have too. I know what you mean. I've had those days too. Those hours, those minutes, yes. But it is a daily confrontation. 
take out the sword of the Spirit, the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, and to pray and to put on the armor of God and confront this evil nature that lies within our bodies. The natural man. The natural man does not cannot submit to the things does not submit to the things of God, neither can he. He says if we call someone a fool, we're danger of hellfire. Things coming out of their mouth. It's an indication of the carnality within. A change of heart is necessary. And it's easy to talk nice to people that are nice to us. And are friends with us. But what about those who cheat us? What about those who abandon us? Who curse us? Who are dishonest? Who put us down or make fun of us. Loving them, doing good to those who do evil to us. It's only within the realm of the Spirit of God. And we can try in real, to be religious and try to do that, but good luck. Because it's, that's gonna be a short that's gonna be a short work. <clears throat> So from there, we go to the book of James, chapter 1. Verse 12. James 1 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been tested or tried, or he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived that it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brothers, my beloved brothers. It's not God who's the tempter. It says, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires. The natural, sinful desires within us. And it is God, it's not God who entices us. This is when we are enticed. That we are seduced by our own human nature and also by the devil. In, in some versions, it refers to the devil as the tempter. And so, that's where it happens. It starts inside of us. It starts on the inside. It doesn't start on the outside of a man. And that's what we read in the book of James. It starts in our human nature. And then, evil desire within. And then it says, 
when it desire has conceived, in verse 15, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Don't be deceived. It's not God who's doing this. And the devil is not making us sin. He entices us, but it is within us. And if we listen to the nature within us, he says it gives birth to sin. We're drawn away by it. And sin, if we let it go, and don't come to Christ, and aren't delivered from our sin, breeds death. To be carnally, to, to, uh, what, uh, what is it again? Uh, to, uh, whatever man sows, he will also reap. If he sows to the Spirit, he'll reap eternal life. If he sows to the flesh, it'll bring forth death. If we sow to the flesh, if we walk in the flesh, we continue down that road. The end of that road is darkness and death and judgment, the wrath of God. And he says not to deceive ourselves. And if anyone says, I have no sin, it says we deceive ourselves. We're not walking with God. We, we, we're, we're, we're walking in flesh and sin. He gives birth to sin. <clears throat> so let's continue. Uh, in verse 18 of chapter 1, I mean of chapter 1 of James, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be kind of first fruits of his creatures. So then, my brothers, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, speak, and slow to get angry. For the wrath of man or the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, laying aside all filthiness, and all overflow of wickedness, or abundance of wickedness, receive with humility or weakness, meekness the implanted word, the word of God, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law and liberty and continues in it, and is a forget, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Blessing and cursing. There it is again. In the New Testament, a message to Christians to not just be hearers of the word of Christ, but to follow it. Jesus said, My sheep follow me. Hear my, they hear my voice. They hear the word and they follow it. They are doers of the word. It is the earmark of the Christian that they follow Jesus. Just not a lot of talk. Not just the profession, not just talk and quoting Bible verses and, 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 and going to church. 
This is a change of heart. This is a following of Christ. Where Christian means a follower of Christ. A doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word. Not just a lot of talk. A big talker. But he who looks into the word of God, it says here, the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of his word of the word, this man will be blessed by God. It doesn't mean he won't have trouble. Keep on emphasizing that. But we will still be blessed in what we do. That the blessing of God will be upon us in the midst of tribulation. A doer of a word and not just a hearer of the word. This man will be blessed by God. Isn't that what we heard that God's address to the children of Israel that we read in the book of Deuteronomy? Blessing and cursing that was set before them. Do we have another example of the New Testament? Of course we do. I'm glad you asked that. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7. Beginning, verse 13. Matthew 7.13 Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. When we hear these words of Jesus, <clears throat> and we're not living right, we can say, oh no. You know, I'm not bearing good fruit. I'm a bad tree. What do I do? I guess it's, it's the way I thought when I was a young fellow. Bad tree. I'm doing this wrong. I'm a bad tree. I see all those people go to church. They're good trees. I'm a bad tree. I'm bearing bad fruit. I guess I'll just continue what I'm doing because what's the difference? And I'm going to go to hell. Because I'm bad. That realization is a, is a message that leads us to Christ. It leads us to Jesus. And I came to realize that God still loved me, even though I was bad. I was a bad tree. I needed to be changed and become a good tree. I needed a Savior to save me from the, the evil inside of me. Help was on the way. Salvation through Jesus Christ. We need a Savior. We need to be changed on the inside. This is a message to everyone, even to children. We see that we have bad stuff going on inside. Even though we try to be good, and that's good. 
But as much as we try to be good, we see this other stuff that there's a side of us that wants to be bad. And there's hope and help for us. A Savior to save us from that bad side that's in us. That bad thing that goes on inside of us. The bad nature that wants to do what's wrong. And I came to realize that God still loved me. And he wanted to deliver me from that badness. From that reason why I continue to keep making bad fruit. And so he changed, changes us on the inside. And then, surprise, we begin to see some good fruit starting to happen. We still see some bad fruit. We've got to do something about that, yes. But there is power and ability to walk with Jesus, to please God and walk in the right way. Verse 21, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. You see, there's a lot of people who call on Jesus, that call themselves a Christian. He says, but it's only those who do the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father. Not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And this is not the message of the law. This is the message of the gospel of Jesus. These words came from Jesus' mouth. And he taught his disciples this. He's teaching us this. That rebellion is not acceptable to God. So, well, if I just do what's right, then I'll be saved, right? No. We must be become born of the Spirit so that we can begin to do these things that are right from the heart. A change from within leads to the change on the outside. The bearing of good fruit comes from the Holy Spirit within us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You practice sin. You live your life that way. Jesus will say, depart from me. That's the practice of your life. If you walk and do what's natural, Jesus will say, depart from me. Walk, walk, who, who practice sin. Lawlessness is sin. The Bible says that. All, all rebellion, all lawlessness is sin. He says, I never knew you. But they thought they knew him. They did things in the name of Jesus. Jesus says, in my name. They will say to him on the day of judgment, didn't I prophesy in your name, Jesus? Didn't I cast out demons in your name, Jesus? Didn't I do many wonders and wonderful works in your name, Jesus? These are people who are doing things in the name of Jesus. They believed that they were saved. They believed that they were Christians. And Jesus responds to them, Depart from me, you who practice sin. 
I never knew you. You thought I knew you. You thought you knew you knew who I was. And I know who you are, in some sense, but I never knew you. In the sense that he's talking about here. And he continues on this where he says, verse 24, Therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rains come down, the, wind, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know, no, no matter how long you've been a Christian, if you've been a Christian, no matter how long you're a Christian, these words still have the same power that they always have had. It says, and so it was in verse 28, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as of scribes. There was power and authority in the words of Jesus. And we hear these words of power and authority today, even today, 2,000 years later, that they still have power and authority as he talks forward to the day of judgment. And he talks about the wise man and the fool. We hear the words of Jesus like these people did, who said, Lord, what are you talking about? We did many wonders in your name. And he said, depart from me. I never knew you. You practiced sin. You walked in the flesh. You continued in sin. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. How can those who have been freed from sin live any longer in it? We have been freed from sin. Those who have died with Christ have been freed from sin. We should no longer be walking in it. Don't make excuses for it. Don't play with sin. Don't play around with it. Don't play around with bad attitudes. Don't accept making fun of people in your heart or cutting people up in your heart. Don't do that stuff. Confront it. Scourge it. To do away with it. Away with it. Crucify it. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh and its affections and desires. That is the way the Holy Spirit is leading. If we are walking in the Spirit, we're going to agree with what the Word of God is saying, what this is saying. here. The wise man and the fool. The wise man is the doer of the Word. The fooler is a hearer, but not a doer. We hear the Word of Christ, and we do it. The wise man. He builds his house on the strong foundation of the rock. It says the storms come, the floods come, the winds blow, and the house doesn't fall. Why? He's smart. He's wise. Spiritually wise. He built his house on a foundation that's not it's not going to buckle. It's a solid foundation. That foundation is Christ and his word. If we are here of the if we're a doer of the word and not just a hearer, we hear the words of Jesus and we follow them. 
were a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, My sheep follow me, and I give them eternal life. The abundant life that he promised. Following him. If we hear his words and we reject them, if we don't follow him, Jesus said, He who follows me will have the light of life. Excuse me, will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. If we don't do that, and we continue in darkness, we're the fool. We build our life on sand. The house of our life is built on sand. A foolish foundation. Just like a man who builds his house on the beach. You're seeing the wind comes, <laughs> the floods come, boom, down it goes. Where are we at? Where are we at spiritually? Can we say, I'm a Christian and I'm the doer of the word and I'm following the Lord Jesus and I agree with this and I'm confronting sin in my life and I'm continuing in Christ and confessing sin? Are we saying, I'm a Christian and it's a hearer of the word but I'm not a doer? I'm saying, I'm not a Christian. And I'm living in a lot of guilt. And I'm bearing bad fruit. And my conscience is bothering me. I've been where you are, if that's who you are. I've been, I've been in that dark place. And the answer is what Jesus said. Come to Him. And I'll, and I'll take that burden from you. All you who are burdened heavily laden. Heavily and burdened, burdened, heavily burdened and laden with guilt in our conscience. Come to Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. And I will give you freedom and liberty from that heavy boulder you're carrying of sin. So I don't let go of my sin. Well, that's up to you. But just understand, if you don't want to let go of your sin, your sin will find you out. Your sin will confront you. And you and God will continue to expose and confront your sin until the day you raise yourself. I surrender. I give up. I've heard the word. I'm tired of this reaping what I'm sowing. I'm tired of, you know, things blowing up in my face. I'm tired of this guilt. I'm tired of this, uh, of things going wrong. I'm tired of all this corruption in my life. I'm tired of the sleepless nights and fear of death and fear of life. I'm tired of all that. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to follow Christ. He's waiting for us. waiting for us. The Bible says not to be like Esau. Who uh, We talked about this in the men's meeting the other night. Do not be like Esau. who was a godless person. Who sold his he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Because he was hungry. His body wanted something, he just gave into it. He's a godless man. And he sold his birthright to have the blessing of God. He sold it. He traded it in to please his flesh. And the Bible warns us not to be like that. To pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. The holiness of God starts in the inside. The change of heart through faith in Christ. And finally, 
the call of John the Baptist, who prepared the way for Christ. And he says, repent for the kingdom of God is now at hand. Now is the axe laid to the root of the trees. And every tree that does not bear fruit should be cut off and cast into the fire. And you may say among yourselves, what shall we do? And John said, he who has two coats, give to him that has one, that has none. And he who has food to share it with him who has none. And to do violence with no, to no man. And to not cheat people. To follow Christ. To do what's right. Be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. And he was preparing the way. And so if we need a revival in our hearts, prepare the way. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. And every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut off and cast into the fire. Work, bear fruits that are worthy of repentance, John Baptist. Not just a lot of talk. He said to the Israelites, he said, don't just say you're children of Abraham. We're the people of God. He said, but bring fruit, fruits worthy of repentance. Bear good fruit, he's saying. And that's the message. If we continue in sin, we reap corruption. But if we, by the Spirit, to put to death the deeds of the, the flesh, we will reap eternal life. So that's what I have for today, brothers.